Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. All right, everybody, welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Melissa Fox on with us. Melissa, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. Um, I'm filming out of Isla Mujeres, Mexico, so it's pretty good. It's my first podcast, and I'm so happy to be here. Wait, you're in Mexico right now? Yeah. (laughs) No way, that's so sick. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Traveling yesterday, so here I am. Rad. So give us a little overview about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? And uh, how long have you been with Salt Life? Yeah, I've been on the team for about two, three years now. Um, I'm 24 years old. I grew up in South Florida fishing pretty much my whole life. Um, I also kind of grew up in Mexico. So we vacation here anytime I'm not in school. Um, the furthest I've lived from the ocean is Orlando, Florida. Um, I went to school there for four years. So anytime I'm on vacation, though, I'll come down to the coast and go offshore fishing, diving, wakeboarding, all that fun stuff. Dude, that's so crazy. That's the farthest you've lived from the ocean. I, I guess I can't really say much either. I've lived close to the ocean my whole life, too. So um, where in Mexico exactly are you right now? So it's this little island about five miles long. It's right off the coast of Cancun. So you got to take a ferry and shuttle across to get over to the island. And wow, yeah, it's pretty much where I vacation anytime I got free time. <laughs> That's so sick. So did you grow up going to that island? Yeah, I did. So my family's got a house here and I learned to speak Spanish here. I even went to school here when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. So your main thing is fishing, right? Uh, yes, for sure. Fishing, spearfishing. Uh, yeah, fishing, spearfishing. <laughs> so obviously you have like the best of both worlds in Florida and then there as well. Where is fishing better? Oh my goodness. It honestly depends. Like I can really have an awesome day over in Florida. Then we come here to Mexico and it's like, dead and I'm like damn we should have stayed in Florida but then again I've caught some of my biggest fish and had some insane days here so honestly I can't compare them yeah 100 I feel like it's like so much different too a lot of times like um with the water temperature and like where the fish are migrating to like there's fish everywhere it's just when are they going to be there so Uh, Like you said, sometimes you go places and there's no fish. Same thing in Florida, too. So Um, when did you when did you first get started into fishing and where did you start fishing? Um, So I first started when I was about, I'd say, five years old in South Florida, Um, just the lake behind my house, catching peacock bass. My dad taught me how to like cast my little clicker rod and reel into the pool. (laughs) Um, And I was hooked on it since like. I started out doing that and then would go into the river and catch some jacks, like when they're running, snook, tarpon. And about 10 years ago, we started offshore fishing and that sold me. I got hooked on that since (laughs) catching dinner. There's nothing that compares. How much of like a difference is it compared to just like going shore fishing for you? Like 
obviously you have to get a boat and you have to get like bigger rods and reels and your gear is completely different. Like it's not as easy and accessible as like maybe when you're a Grom or a kid and you're just cruising down the street and you're like, oh, I want to fish this pond, you know, like it's yeah, a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, definitely. You have to get everything set up the day before rigging is completely different. Giant hooks, um, getting your bait all rigged up, um, completely different. Um, lore setup as well <laughs> and you got to plan out what you're gonna try to catch the day before like you got to really set like target the species you really want to go for absolutely yeah what's your favorite fish to catch honestly wahoo just like That's nothing that compares to catching a wahoo you know right when they hit the line at least i do because they just take off screaming the lines just going off they hit it like a freight train usually and it's the fight's on once they're on and there's no fish that compares to cooking them as well like there's so much you can do you can cook them you can steer them uh sushi (laughs) so wahoo wahoo are everywhere like you can get wahoo in mexico you can get wahoo in florida right like yeah they're kind of everywhere i feel like and it's kind of a cool thing because you can go catch wahoo in different countries all day long and then you're like what the heck this is insane yeah yeah definitely (laughs) they follow the warmer temperature so the warmer climates subtropical tropical um you'll definitely find them in the in those like warmer currents why would you say that wahoo is like your favorite fish to target out of every other fish? Because you can go catch tuna, you can go catch marlin or billfish, and like wahoo is your forte. Like that's what you want to catch. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're just they're so challenging to catch. Like they got such a long snout and those teeth are just razor sharp. So they're just challenging. I always, they would always cut the line off and I would never really like, I caught my first Wahoo maybe five years ago and it was a 50 pounder. So there's no forgetting that one, but they're just, they're not, I don't want to say they're rare to catch, but they're not as common. I feel like as like a Mahi and we've had so many cutoffs by them as well. So what do you use for like leader line and stuff? Because they do have super gnarly teeth. Yeah, so we started using um, longer J-hooks with like a longer shank as well as like a little leader. And that adds a little bit more sort of room for their teeth. Um, Yeah, so they don't cut the line like instantly. And also we use a seven strand um, wire on like our deeper lures that'll, that when we're targeting Wahoo. Yeah, so they don't completely cut the line right off as opposed to like mono those fish are super finicky right like really i feel like even like diving for wahoo when you're like spearing spearing them like they will get spooked really fast like if you swim after them they're gone like same thing with fishing too i feel like i've seen so many videos like that is my number one goal hopefully in the next year i can go over and spear some wahoo because they that's like incredible (laughs) i know i want to get one too (laughs) um yeah no i've seen videos though you can't go right up to them or they spook super easy if you make eye contact you only get one shot so (laughs) (laughs) 
do you like track their behaviors and where they're going and what they're doing? And obviously with different types of bait too, and lures and stuff, I feel like these fish are so finicky and they're smart too. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I know they're around mostly in the winter months. Um, full moon time is definitely the time to target Oahu. Um, yeah, they're really smart fish. Like sometimes when you use like wire, they can kind of see it. So that's why, like, I guess it's kind of more harder to um, target them with the wire leader. What is your, like, what's your go-to method for catching Oahu? Are you using live bait? Or are you trolling behind a boat? What do you do? Well, I just started using live bait this kind of summer. I've never caught a Wahoo. We've caught a huge range of species, though, starting with using live bait. Uh, cobia, mahi, kingfish, bonita, you name it, mutton snapper. Um, but yet to catch a wahoo on the live bait. We usually troll for them. That's our go-to. I know a lot of people, they sort of high-speed troll for them. Um, we don't really do that because, I mean, there's such an array of species. Like when we go out, we want to kind of use our spread to kind of catch either mahi or Oahu if it comes up. Um, but is there typically a color that Wahoo like for trolling, like, or, or using, um, like artificial baits? We usually use artificial, like the deep nose diving ones. Um, those work really well as well as using teasers that'll call like attraction and call to the fish. Um, but honestly, I caught my biggest one on a cedar plug, which is just a piece of wood. Yeah. Yep. You heard of it. Uh, I got one right here. This one's got a skirt on it, but it's literally just a piece of wood and your hook and it works amazing. Caught a decent sized fish on that. I've never seen one with a, with a skirt on it. Can I see that again? That's crazy. Oh yeah, totally. That's epic. (laughs) We play with our lures. Like you never know what they'll hit. So exactly. Got to add a little skirt. That one's the red, white, and blue American flag right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you notice a big difference on the colors you use? Honestly, it kind of depends. We'll use like pink, pink or purple for like nose diving lures. And I feel like that works really well. Um, Yeah, just because it's flashy and I guess it really calls their attention. What do Wahoo eat? Do they eat just bait fish or? Yeah, just flying fish, uh, pilchards, anything that's running, anything that's out there. So when you're trolling for Wahoo, let's just say you're using the cedar plug. um, Obviously, there's different speeds that you can go, but you're what, like probably 12 knots or something around there when you're trolling? Or do you go faster than that? Uh, No, usually around 12 knots something around there and then once you get a fish are you still going 12 knots while reeling in because those wahoo will spit it right or yeah no definitely no yeah do not slow the boat down i learned that the hard way because once that hook they shake their head so much once that hook just gets like on their teeth they'll just completely cut the line so keep tension a hundred percent I always thought that was like the weirdest thing, like keep just the boat still rolling while you have a fish on. And I was like, what the heck? Like, this is the weirdest thing. But um, yeah, they they shake their heads and they'll spit the hook or um, and that gives them time to like 
shake their head more and maybe break the line too because they do have gnarly teeth yeah exactly exactly <laughs> what's the biggest wahoo you've caught um probably 50 pounder wow that's yeah, insane we, I, don't I don't think we weighed it but it was around 50 pounds we caught it here in mexico i remember that day like it was yesterday because it was one of my first wahoo like definitely the biggest one we were catching Bonita all day long. I was exhausted. I was like, all right, I don't think I can take much more of this. And soon, <laughs> like 12 o'clock in the afternoon, giant Wahoo makes the day worth it. That's so sick. So do you have a boat in Mexico? Yeah. Wow, that's epic. So your whole, does your whole family go with you down there and you just kind of cruise down there for a couple months or how does it work? Yeah, I mean, this is my second time here this summer um we're going out offshore tomorrow and the whole family is coming over and we're all gonna hang out go to the beach diving <laughs> dude fishing. that's so sick so wh what are your goals obviously we we're talking about spear fishing and spearing a wahoo what kind of goals do you have set right now how big of a wahoo do you want to spear and what have you been doing recently have you been spear fishing at all yeah yeah so i dive anytime i can when i'm off of school um, I'm currently in vet school and I'll be actually moving to Grenada <laughs> in August, but come December, I want to get back to Florida and I want to get out there and spear Wahoo. I watched, I've seen so many videos, like I've seen the float line, all the equipment, like yeah. in my head, I'm ready, but I've never been actually out there. So I know I don't want to choke. Like once I'm out there. <laughs> absolutely those things are so gnarly though like they're like like we were talking about earlier they're like the most picky fish ever like i've tried to spear them i've actually never speared a wahoo and i've had them straight in front of my face like oh they, my gosh that see like, that's what i don't want to happen it's the worst <laughs> thing ever and you're like watching them swim by and then you're you're literally sitting there with the gun and then they'll like come straight at you real quick and then they'll just turn and go and you're oh. like gosh darn it dude like this is so stupid but they're so they're so weird. They get spooked so easily. Um, back to rod and reel, though. So what kind of setups do you use when you're um, catching Wahoo? So we've got the pen reels. You can catch Wahoo on pretty small stuff, I feel like. Obviously, like when you're trolling, though, when you're trolling, though, you kind of need something bigger because you never know what the heck you're going to get back there. Yeah, no, like I've been worried if they've been they're going to like spool me before, but it's nowhere near that. But you just, they take off and you're like, Oh my God, like slow the boat down. But <laughs> you can't do that either. I started vertical jigging last year. So that's my goal as well to get one on the vertical jig, which is just a spinning rod. Yeah. So it's a smaller setup, but that would be awesome to catch one on that. And then when you're trolling, how far past the boat weight do you usually keep your cedar plugs and everything? Or does it depend on, does it depend on the, the lures too? Yeah, it kind of depends on the lures. Like if you got a nose diving one, that one will be maybe 50 feet behind and it'll like be diving as well. Um, and then we've got one like super far line. We'll have like a spread of like five lines out. Then you got wow. the outriggers um, and then some flat line clips that are in a little closer, like behind the teasers. Do you ever have like every single line get mixed up and get all tangled? Oh yeah, no, that's not fun. If there's like high current and a lot of wind and it's raining, yeah, which is of course the time official bite, like <laughs> in the middle of chaos. 
<laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. And you start reeling them in to fix them. And then all of a sudden you have a fish on, and you're like, what the heck? Like, let's cut <laughs> yeah. these other lines. This is bad. But you don't want to lose the stuff because it's so expensive. Yeah, exactly. Everything's so expensive. <laughs> where do Wahoo like the currents to go? And where is, you said winter time is the best time of the year for Wahoo. Why is that the case? And um, they obviously like warm, warm water. So talk to us about currents and the different type of weather and patterns that you've seen Wahoo in or not at? Yeah. So if I see a current line, they'll be like with the other fish. So if you see bait fish and you see current, like nice current lines, they'll, there's definitely a chance it'll be a Wahoo in there. Um, yeah, the moon, definitely the phases affect it because full moon, I mean, we've gotten hits, like insane amount of hits, like during a full moon. And then like the next week there can be like none out there. Um, and then of course you want to look for structure like along the bottom. So like if there's a nice like cutoff, like going down, you, you definitely want to fish right around there. That is so crazy. That's so crazy that the moon affects them that much. That I feel like a lot of fish are um, like moon dependent. Yeah. It's weird. Like it's super weird. Crazy how much the moon tides can affect the ocean. <laughs> what what kind of temperature in the ocean do you see the most wahoo or have caught the most wahoo? A little cooler. So like not summer hot summer months when it's like 80 degrees, probably around 70. Okay. 70, that's still 75. super warm. That's still pretty yeah. warm. That's yeah. cra- <laughs> that's that's so crazy. So down there right now it's probably the water temp's probably pretty darn warm right yeah close to 80s <laughs> uh-huh. so what what kind of fish are you going to be trying to go for tomorrow then if if it's that warm i mean there's probably still wahoo right yeah for sure we'll throw a, a cedar plug or a, a nice lure down and see what happens because you literally never know um, yeah i know that's so crazy <laughs> but the plan is deep dropping like down like a thousand feet <laughs> yeah get some we get some monster groupers over here so that's that's epic. always great yeah feed us for a week <laughs> do do wahoo stay in schools or are they usually by themselves so they'll aggregate they're usually not schooling fish but in the winter they definitely aggregate we've never caught more than one in a day before but yeah, which is crazy. I know some people, they'll go over to like the Bahamas and get a couple Wahoo. <laughs> what are the, the regulations right now on Wahoo, both in Mexico or in Florida? In Florida, I know it's two per person and there's no size limit, which kind of makes it harder to like track them. I know there's like dolphin research programs, like we'll tag like a short mahi if we catch it and release it. But Wahoo, no one really releases them because there's no size limit and they're such great eating fish. Is there any limits in Mexico in regards to Wahoo at all? No, not that I know of. No size limit. Do you ever do tournaments? Yes, <laughs> definitely That's every summer. Sick. What uh, what kind of tournaments do you do? And what, like, do you get, there's obviously different classes, right? Like billfish or Wahoo or Mahi Mahi. Like, what do you usually target when you're doing tournaments? We'll do the KDW tournaments, so Kingfish, Dolphin, Wahoo. Um, not usually billfish tournaments because we're not yeah. really set up, but meatfish tournaments. How do you usually do in those? 
Um, well, this last year, the one in Florida, in Stewart, Florida, we did the Stewart Selfish Club one, and we got the biggest wahoo of that tournament. There what? Were only, yeah, there were only two caught that day, so we got the biggest one. We definitely want to target wahoo during tournaments because they're not really caught that often. Like, if you catch one, you, you're almost certain that it's going to be a trophy-winning fish. That is so gnarly. Yeah, I guess they're pretty hard to catch, so kind of yeah. makes sense. <laughs> what um, What's, like, your typical um, day to prep before a tournament? Is it pretty gnarly and chaotic? Yeah. I mean, you want to get all the baits rigged. Um, you want to get your hooks sharpened. You want all the skirts set up, your best skirts um all the rods make sure the line's not frayed make sure they're uh completely ready because once you're out there i mean you want to fish you want to get out there and just be ready get your lines in uh don't want to waste any time are you just using like a file to sharpen your hook or what's your like your routine for sharpening hooks we have like a i don't know what it's called but it's kind of like a block and it's like meant yeah you like it's meant for like sharpening hooks almost like a knife sharpener knives yeah knives as well yeah wow that's crazy i it's funny because i've never sharpened hooks in my whole life really but we'll also like change them out like just like buy new hooks if they look like they're not really worth taking out a second time can you change hooks on like cedar plugs and stuff i never have but i suppose you can yeah that's freaking crazy dude i never like (laughs) Every single time that I talk to people about fishing stuff, I learn something new because every single time I go fish, I'm like, oh, I, this lure looks bad now. I'm just going to throw it away. And then people are <laughs> like, why would you throw that away? Like, you definitely could have just like fixed it up. But yeah, no, we had a we had a really good lure that we used like every time and it was like chipping. The paint was ship, chipping. So we went out and like bought nail polish and just like <laughs> painted over it. <laughs> That's so funny. That I mean, it works. And if it's a lucky lure, just keep it going. Maybe it swims a certain way. Exactly. Um, if somebody wanted to get into fishing for Wahoo, what kind of recommendations do you have? I'd say definitely go out in the winter um, and use wire because you don't want to get cut off. Like that would suck. You get your first Wahoo on the line and boom, cut off. Yeah, don't go to California in the wintertime, though, for Wahoo, because you will not get anything. All Maybe right, yeah, midsummer. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What, so what does your water temp get up to in Florida in the summertime? Ooh, I've seen on the GPS it show like 82. Oh, my goodness. That is insane. Yeah. And sure, it's probably That's even so warmer. Warm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gnarly. Well... Um, Melissa, do you have any Instagram or do you have Instagram or any social media that people can follow you on? Yeah, totally. Um, so I have a YouTube channel, but I don't use it as much. I got a couple videos up. It's Melissa Fox fishing and my Instagram is just Melissa Fox with two I's, two S's and two A's. <laughs> a long one. I like it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. At least it's, <laughs> at least it's super easy. At least it's super easy. Just my name. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about Wahoo. I'm, I'm all frothed up to go fish now. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's been great talking to you, Kieran. Yeah, you too. Um, good luck tomorrow and uh, make sure you post some stuff. If you catch some Wahoo, I want to see it on Instagram. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much. Thank you guys for listening in to Above and Blow and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening in to Above and Blow, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.